Hey guys, this is Rob and welcome to question 31. What's it really like to be Irish? Should I say what's it really like to be from Ireland or well, Irish? Because I think they're different. I'm Irish. You're Irish, I'm assuming. Yeah. But we don't connect with it. We try to connect with it, but we just can't in that way because we're not from the motherland. So it's it just it has like a different meaning depending on how you title it. Yeah, that's true. All right, before we before we dive in, let's play. Do we need a special St. Patrick's Day theme? Mm. We've been doing a countdown to St. Patrick's Day all month. This is the special St. Patrick's Day episode. In our personal life, we've been doing a countdown. Oh yeah, nobody else is involved. <laughs> <laughs> we've been drinking the Guinness every day except for last night. Technically, that was my fault. I was supposed to pick up some more Guinness. We were out. I didn't pick it up, but. Friday night, technically we drank our Guinness after 1230 at night. Technically we drank Guinness yesterday. It's fine. I'll give it to you. We got to move on from this incident. Are you still mad? No. <laughs> All right. I just feel um, bad for you. Because this is, this is the life I lead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A life of lying to myself. Yeah. All right. Do you have in your arsenal, in your archive, a special St. Patrick's themed intro song? Why, yes. Let me go into my mind palace and locate it. Give me a minute. Found it. Here you go. Click. Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. You have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. What are you asking me? Talking to me? What do you do? It's the question that drives us. It's the question that brought you here. All right, we're back. I'm joined, as always, by my wife, my... Oh, no. All I have is tree branch because that's what I'm seeing outside. <laughs> I don't want to be a tree branch. I'm joined as always by my wife, my tree branch, Sarah. We're sitting here in the dining room. If you are a fan of this podcast, you are, what are you doing? Are you dancing? I'm helping you get into the groove. Okay. I'm in the groove. I'm in the groove. If you've been following along with this podcast, you know that we are so thankful that we do not have to deal with sponsors. That said, doing a podcast makes me thirsty. And you know what solves a podcast thirst? Whether you are listening to a podcast, you are recording a podcast episode, maybe you're recording a podcast intro, maybe you are somebody's wife who is waiting for her husband to get done with this podcast intro. That's me. Nothing settles a podcasting thirst like a Guinness. That said, elephant in the room, it was my job the other day to pick up some more Guinness. Our apartment is vacant of all Guinness. It's awful. It's a time to mourn. It's a time. Uh, I actually want to take a moment of silence to honor the fact that we have no Guinness in our home. That's enough. What we do have right now is Smittix. Isn't Smittix? Well, it's brewed at the St. James Gate Brewery in Dublin. I thought it was made in Kilkenny. But I think Smittix and Harp and Guinness oh, yeah. are all... They might have different. Guinness. They might have different plants. Okay. <laughs> Cheers, Hovi. Cheers, Slancha. I keep doing that wrong. Oh, sorry, Slancha. It was founded in Kilkenny. 
And they must have a small plant there that was closed while we were in town. They're called breweries. You should know this. I know, but mm, it's such a large-scale beer. I feel like it's more like a plant than a brewery. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I had a story that I was going to tell Paul. Because in this podcast episode, this conversation, people will find out that Paul moved over here and is good friends with the owner of O'Donovan's. So the story goes like this. I'm, I move to Minneapolis from Nebraska. I think I was 19. And I was at school. My buddy Dan Rodriguez was going to school with me. He, now, here's the difference between Dan and I. Up until the point where maybe, how old am I right now? I'm 32, mm, 31 years old. I looked out like I was a 16-year-old. Did you just cross over this past year? Yeah, I think this year was kind of a mile <laughs> marker. I got some more gray hairs, and I think that's what's really doing it for me. And a couple more facial hairs. Man, I've always looked. I know, I, I told uh, Paul's girlfriend mm-hmm. was uh, was there, and I met her. She was super nice. And we, we were just talking about hair randomly, and I, I was just mentioning that I'm hoping when I finally get some facial hair it comes in look a little manly speckled gray like paul's is Mm -hmm. because the guy seems like one of the manliest men in the world anyways i'm going to school my buddy dan we met freshman orientation yeah freshman orientation so we've been friends since then for years and he got a job right off the bat working at Starbucks downtown. Where the Applebee's was and all that. Yeah, the Applebee's was there. This Blocky. movie theater. Blocky. But I don't think it's called Blocky anymore. It's not because it's just like a Mayo Clinic. Okay. So what happens is Dan would work there and Caddy Corner across the street is O'Donovan's. A couple of the uh, younger early morning bartenders, they'd come over to Dan's Starbucks and Dan knew that they worked at O'Donovan's and they chatted up. And after he found out that, he started giving all of them coffee for free. So every morning they would come over before their shift and he'd give them free Starbucks. I think this is past the statute of limitations. So nobody in the story can get fined or fired or sued. It's or over 10 years. It's over 10 years. So they're getting free coffee from Dan. They're finally one day, one of the bartenders says, man, you've been hooking us up with this coffee all the time. Do you, do you drink over in O'Donovan's? We, we haven't seen you over there. And Dan's like, ah, oh, you know, I haven't checked it out yet. They, I think they assumed that he was yeah. over 21 because yeah, he's always just looked older. And they said, listen, here's the deal. Come over this Friday night when you get off work, uh, bring a buddy, and you guys drink on us the rest of the night. So you were the buddy. So I was the buddy. And Dan said, all right, here's here's the plan. We're going to a Donovan's. Have you ever been to an Irish pub before? And it's like, oh, yeah, I've, I've totally been to Irish pubs. <laughs> he said, no, you're 19. You've never been to a real proper right. Irish pub. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to walk in and you're going to see all the tap handles. We're going to say hi to my buddies, um, my friends that have been coming over and getting free coffee from me, and they're going to ask you what you want to drink. You don't look at any of the beers because up there, a beer looks like it's called Smithwick's. He said, but you're going to just look at the bartender and say, I'll take a Smittix. If you say Smithwick's, they'll know you're under 21. So that's what happened. I went in. I said, uh, oh, I'll take a Smittix. Nice and confident. Super confident. Uh, and we drank the rest of the night. Smithwick's for everyone. Smithwick's for everyone. <laughs> Pour me a Smithwick's. So that said, if you are over the age of 21, call it whatever the hell you want. If you are under 21. Smittix. Oh, dear. I should not be encouraging this. It's a sting. It's a sting. (laughs) (sighs) Tastes like childhood, doesn't it? Ah, tastes like like childhood. Okay, transitioning to the story, here's the deal with Paul. How did this come about? It's funny, I've never met him before, but you and I love Morrissey's Mm -hmm. in South Minneapolis. It's a great Irish pub, super vibey. It has its busy moments just like any bar, but typically anytime you go in there, it just has a great vibe. 
<laughs> so I was pumped to sit down. So I reached out. I said, hey, it's St. Patrick's Day coming up. Let's do this. Let's, let's, let's sit down and do a special St. Patrick's Day episode. Uh, talking about Irish pubs and life and uh, your story about growing up in Ireland and moving over to the U.S. and what that looked like. And so when we sat down, uh, one of my approaches is when I'm meeting someone and talking about the podcast, I like to keep things super light, right? I'm really still, this is I've been doing this for less than a year. I'm trying to find the balance of coming in and having an idea of where the conversation would go and keeping it light and fun. Uh, and then the other side of being open to where the conversation naturally goes, just like normal conversations. This one, right off the bat, I was so curious about uh, him and his life and his story. We ended up going into some really deep stuff, which is really cool. And so I'm really actually thankful that Paul was willing to be open and share some of his life story and insights about what it's like growing up in Ireland. Because you and I have been over to Ireland. I love everything Irish. I'm passionate about, I love Ireland, our time that we spent over there, everything about the culture. I love it. That said, I also have to recognize that I have no idea what it's like to actually grow up in Ireland. Yeah. You just have like a romanticized vacation view of it kind of. Totally. Which is cool. And that's the joy at the very end. I mean, let's just travel when you don't live somewhere and you go there for two weeks. Totally. It's just a highlight reel. It's just the best parts of Ireland. It's the best parts of Ireland and the best part of wherever you're going, uh, wherever you're traveling. With it being St. Patrick's Day, it's kind of the same thing in a mini micro version here. We're all, like I said, we, you're either Irish or you want to be Irish. This is, the, this is our time that we can all celebrate and embrace the Irish in all, each of us. <laughs> is that? I do always say that everyone has a little bit of Irish in them. Yeah. I feel I feel weird saying I feel weird saying that my initial intro into Irish history and the troubles comes from when I was younger listening to my favorite band. My favorite band's U2. And you know, I grew up with Sunday Bloody Sunday. Uh and them singing songs about growing up with the troubles as they call it. Mm. But I realize I have no idea what that really means. What's it mean to really grow up there, to feel unsafe during yeah. those times? That wasn't so, even very long ago. No, I, it's just fascinating. So on one hand, uh, I, I went, this is what the beauty of conversations like these is that I went in hoping to have like a great, like, you know, let's talk about St. Patrick's day. And we, I, what happened was, I sat down with Paul and he gave me a glimpse of what it's actually like growing up in Northern Ireland and moving to America. So here we go. How would you describe the corner of Lindale and Lake Street? It's really eclectic. I don't know. It's, it's a fun place to kind of hop around. There's good little local restaurants, good bars, cool adult arcade, the bondage shop. <laughs> That's a reference to Lucas Meek episode. Walk past the bondage shop, first left, down the dark alley, knock on the door three times, and you'll find Volstead's Emporium, where I interviewed Lucas Meek at the speakeasy. But right now, we're standing on the corner of Lindale and Lake Street. It's a Sunday afternoon, busy traffic. And all of a sudden, from behind me, I start hearing a car revving its engine, sounding like it's going to explode. I see an elderly man trying to parallel park directly behind my Volvo. As he's parking, he obviously is having trouble with the parking scenario. 
to my crazy surprise, the guy gives up trying to parallel park behind my car and he leaves his vehicle three fourths of the way in the middle of the street. People are honking all over the place. He turns his car off, gets out and starts walking away. I'm supposed to meet Paul in five minutes, but I can't help but wonder if this guy's from around here and knows what he's doing. I see a handicap sign in his vehicle. So I decide just to take a quick second and I run over there to see if he's doing all right because man, the traffic police in Minneapolis is not going to hesitate before towing your butt. Excuse me, sir. I, uh, do, you, do you live around here? Yeah. I live around here. I know your car, your car's gonna get towed. They're gonna tow it, being that far out. Okay. I can park it. Do you want me to help you move it in? Yeah. Can you come in your keys? Yes. Ask him if he needs help, and to my surprise, he hands over his keys, and I end up parking his car for him. Thankfully, Paul's patience head across the street into one of my favorite Irish pubs in the Twin Cities, Morrissey's. Always a great vibe. And I'm excited to sit down and meet Paul for the first time over a cup of tea on a cloudy Sunday afternoon. This spot's been around for five years now, or is it? Five years on Wednesday. On Wednesday. We officially opened, but we're celebrating that we're, we're having our five-year anniversary party on Friday. Like, so St. Patrick's Day is coming up. Was that a plan thing when you opened up? Were you like, we're going to open up like the week of St. Patrick's Day five years ago on purpose? Or no, just lined up? No, but it, it, that's just the way everything fell into place, you mm -hmm. know? We, we weren't really ready to open up, but yeah. we said, you know what? Let, let's just open the doors and, and Screw it. Let's we, go we, for we, it. we'll get St. Patrick's Day out of it and yeah. we'll, we'll sink or swim. So. Oh man, that first weekend, was it just crazy? Oh. The first St. Patrick's Day? They're all crazy, yeah. That way it was oh, particularly man. crazy. That it raises up a ton of questions. You own an Irish pub in Minneapolis. St. Patrick's Day here, is that... Like, is there any cliche thing to you with that being raised in Ireland? Is like the St. Patrick's Day madness just an America thing? They go all out over in America, a yeah. lot, a lot more so than Ireland, you know. Yeah, so it's still celebrated over there. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. St. Patrick's Day every day in Ireland. They don't need a particular excuse to go out and have a few yeah, pints. You know? Seriously, I heard you were from when I was pulling up your name. Someone's like, "Oh yeah, he's from Northern Ireland." Yeah, I'm from uh, Derry. 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 Yeah. Oh really? Derry, Stroke, London, was Derry. That, for some reason, I thought Derry was just in the Republic, down south. Kerry is down south. Kerry's down south. Okay. I'm getting all confused. My wife and I spent like about two, two and a half weeks in Ireland a few yeah. years ago. So we did the whole like drive, rented a car down through Dublin. Um, Galway. Uh, yeah. And, and everywhere south, I bet you. <laughs> yeah, totally. Went up. My, one of my favorite spots, is, uh, which Robbie works here. Is he connected to, did you say Athlone? Athlone, yeah. Athlone. There's, that there's was like, one. Yeah. He's my partner. There's there's me and three of my friends. There's four of us involved. Really? And two Irish guys. Yeah. An Indian guy. Yeah. And then a, an, an, another Scott is a, a local uh, guy. But Roy's, Roy's two nephews have been, or have been over okay, here. Okay, so that was his nephew yeah. over here. Man, I was so bummed. And we, he and I only chatted a couple times, uh, but I was bummed to hear that he head back. Well, as soon as he can reorganize his visa, he'll be back. He'll be back over here. Yeah, just visa problems, oh, as they we say. We just... We, we had our window to find him a girl. We missed our window to get him married over here. Okay, um, 
this, since this is such, I don't have like a main theme of like I'm interviewing you because you're opening your your thing. So this is this could possibly be if someone's uh, hitting you up to chat about a podcast. It has the um, the possibility to be like, well, what what the hell are we going to talk about? But I was thinking about you coming over, starting this, and uh, this whole podcast is themed around, around curiosity. And so I just have this massive thing of like, no matter where I'm at, if I'm traveling with music, if I'm in a pub, if I'm at a bar, whatever, everybody you meet has like an interesting story. And I'm pretty heavy on the deep side of the ignorance pool in life. So I feel like I'm, uh, I just look at these as more of like intentional conversations. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny to you know, I know a lot of people, a lot of people know me, but they yeah. don't really know me, you know, I, I never really talk about myself or, yeah. or, or my past, you know, I'm always... Is that an intentional thing, or does that just come part, with the territory? Partly, you know, partly. Like, you you own a bar or a pub, and you're working behind the bar, or you're out and about here, there's this kind of, I could see people opening up to you, I could, I, there's almost a cliche of people in here spilling their guts, Oh yeah. you get oh, to yeah. know people really fast, but I could totally see that as being the case of, well people aren't necessarily asking you the questions about your life. Yeah. No, uh, you know, my close friends who do know me know I'm kind of a kind of... I like to keep my business to myself, you know. I'm, 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 a, I'm a pretty private kind of guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So, but and any, any time if I ask like a too private question, be like, I don't, I don't want to answer it. Yeah, but you know, I don't know if it's partly where I grew up in, you know. Yeah. Being grew up in, in the north of Ireland. Yeah. You, you know, you're, you see nothing, you hear nothing, and you know nothing, you know. Man. You had mentioned in like an interview with someone like you had seen like grew up around like riots in the streets and stuff like that and gang stuff in Northern well, well, Ireland. Well, well, that, that was normal. That was really that was normal life. The troubles, as they called it, you know. Yeah. But man, so what is that? Just like that when you hear about the troubles, I mean, I know the, the the stuff about like Bloody Sunday and all that, but like the troubles, is that is that just mainly based on gang culture or like the culture no, there, or exactly. is it? Well, you know. You can ask a thousand people yeah, the same so. question, yeah. and you'll get a thousand different answers. Yeah. But territory, religion—you know, Catholic, Protestant, England, yeah. Ireland. Yeah. Did you grow up Catholic then? Yeah, yeah. I, I always say I, I was grew up Catholic till I got to the age of reason. You know. <laughs> That's yeah. I grew up Catholic until I could start thinking for myself. Yeah, and yeah. I'm a recovering Catholic. I like to say. <laughs> yeah, you know? totally. Oh, that's funny. So it's just part of the culture of you are just naturally. I didn't see anything. You didn't hear anything. I'm not going to say anything about myself. I don't know one. Oh, but you, you just grew up in a, in a town where you, yeah. you, you you had to be careful who you were talking to or where you went. And man, you know, I mean, there was as I said, there was a lot of sectarian violence when I was a kid. You go to you know, you went to the wrong school or you were in the wrong uniform or you you always had to watch yourself. You know, man. Okay, that's the weird thing to me when you talk about you know that the wars between Catholic and Protestant stuff. I. I have a hard time wrapping my mind around that when it's like this. Both religions are are supposed to be peaceful. Well, you know the, the the I suppose the crux of the whole thing is, you know, you have 32 counties in Ireland. Yeah. Six of them are under British rule. Yeah. And and in those six counties, you've got loyalists. Yeah. Mainly Protestant loyalists, yeah. as in loyal to the Queen. Yeah. And then you got the rest of the people there who who want. Yeah. A, 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 a republic. They want the English to leave yeah so you know it goes from a loyalist Republican English Irish to Catholic Protestant you know it's, it's complicated as they say <laughs> yeah seriously where where did your family uh, find themselves in all of that I mean were you were you stuck there trying to get out as a family or were you were, well, were sticking we, we, here well we actually moved into it when I was 10 years of age um, we used to live in the Republic of Ireland okay and then my father 
my father's job took us to Derry yeah. when I was 10 years of yeah. age, you know. So you went from living in a, a quiet little town in the southern Ireland into, we moved into a bigger city, Derry is, is bigger. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, before I moved to Derry, kids were just kids. Yeah. Well, there was no Catholic Protestant, just that, yep. where we, everybody. And then you went into an environment where all of a sudden now you're, you, you belong over here. You can't, yeah. you, you're not with those guys. Those guys will hurt you, you know? Yeah. And that was a huge kind of culture shock as a 10-year-old kid, you know? And it was like fundamental time. I can't imagine all of a sudden learning that you have to put boundaries up and walls against other people. Like, oh, this person's not safe. I'm not safe yeah. around here. Yeah. Yeah, Man. absolutely, yeah. But it was, it was all well, well marked. You know, you're red, white, and blue. You're green, white, and orange. Really? Even the, the curb stones on the, on the sidewalks, yeah. they all painted red, white, and blue. Really? So I, it, there was like just, there was no mistaking it because everything was marked. People were marked. For the most part, yeah. yeah. Hey, let me ask you this. At high school, were you like, I'm getting the hell out of here? By the or, time I got to, yeah. I, I, well, I left when I was 19, yeah. more or less for good, but. Yeah, I couldn't get out of there fast enough. You know? Really? Was it straight Was it straight south or was it straight overseas here? I came straight to the um, first place I spent any time in was uh, Cape Cod. That's right. Boston. My, uh, my, my uncle had been over and he had, he had bought yeah. a motel. Yeah. And he was converting his motel into condominiums. Yeah. So I came over February 20th, 1982. It was the first time I, I got off the plane in, in uh, JFK. <laughs> and, my aunt had lived in New York for years and years and years, so she was there. And was, was it just as easy as that? Like, I'm coming over, I don't know the game plan, I'm just well, book, I'm booking my one-way flight, hanging out no, at my aunt's the, the place. Plan, the, well, the plan I had was to come over and work with my uncle for as yeah. ever long that lasted. But, um, yeah, I didn't really have a plan, you know? Yeah. All I knew was I wanted to get out of Ireland, and I wanted to get to America, so. Yeah. Growing up, you're a teenager, you're in Ireland, America exists, and Americans exist. Like, what... What did that look like for you? Like, what did the picture of America, of America look like? Excitement, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, my, 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 what you see of America back yeah. in those days was Dallas. Yes. My mother and my sisters in yeah. Dallas. Kojak yes. in New York. Yes. You know, you're seeing all these American programs, and you know. Man, okay. I mean, I, I, I asked that because, and that's why I said cliche earlier, is because I'm like, I. I, from my tra time traveling overseas in Europe or Asia, I, I feel like I run into in conversations, I hear the American uh, cliches and it makes me, it made me realize um, like you probably do, you live your life dealing with like all the Irish cliches of like, you're not, you, you, oh, you, have, you own an Irish pub, it's St. Patrick's Day or whatever. I didn't know if you, it's just constant. Yeah, but we're, I always say we're, we're the only race in the world where people think it's okay to come in and start talking in an Irish accent. Oh, how are you doing there? Top of the morning. Oh, oh you, and I always say, would, would you walk into what? a Chinese restaurant and order, I would like some fried rice. <laughs> you, no, you wouldn't because you get kicked out the door. Yeah. But it's okay to do it to us, you know? Yes. That is weird. Does that happen often? A lot. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, you know, I'm at the point in life yeah. where I, I shouldn't, but I, I get semi-ticked off. I yeah, yeah, totally. And then I get pissed off for getting pissed off. You yeah. Know? My, uh, the guy that, uh, one of my buddies in town, he, he says, I want to get to that point in life where I can be like, no, I'm going to call this person out. Like, you're, you're, yeah. being, you're being racist towards me right now, even though it's coming from a place where you don't view it as that. Right, you're, you're, you're just trying to be nice and friendly, but, you know, I'm kind of... Oh, jeez. 
man, I... Maybe, maybe I'm getting jaded. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Well, I mean... You've seen it all in here. I mean, well, that, even that's a cliche. I just assume you own this pub. You've seen like the craziest stuff go down in here. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, um, I mean, I, I bartended for so many years, and a lot of those years were in New York. You know? Yeah, and I was 14 years in New York before yeah. I got, before I even got here. Yeah. Oh man, I'm just getting this mental image of like what next time I go into a Chinese place, be like, can I have some fai lies? I want some fai lies, and I I would be shaken down and kicked out of that right. place in a yeah. heartbeat. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and I'm sure. So you're you're coming up on the weekend of ultimate positive racism, <laughs> positive intentional, but positive intentions yeah. of the racism towards that. Uh, man, so, hey, speaking of this weekend, what are you guys doing here? Is it are you, are you doing a full tent? Yeah, we're, we're doing a full tent in the parking lot behind yeah. Anthony's Cigar Shop. Yeah. Um, yeah. 6 p.m. on Friday, we kick it off. We we're gonna have a DJ out in the tent. It's the one day everybody can be Irish. Yeah, everybody American can, Irish. Everybody, everybody can be Irish, and you got. It's one of those days where the year we can go out and get hammered, and <laughs> don't no, nobody will say anything to yeah. you. You know. Yeah, I'm just thinking. Last year was the first year Sarah and I went over to my wife, uh, and I went over to St. Paul, or on St. Patrick's yeah. Day, and that was a shit show. Yeah, it well, was. You know, I haven't I, done I, like I, the Chicago's or anything like yeah. that. Uh, no, in all my years, I've never been to Chicago, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, it just never happened. That's like, again, cliches. It seems like the Irish mecca of like, yeah. you go to, you hit, you hit New York, head down to Chicago, and then if you make it as far as Minneapolis. Yeah. What, so what are you doing in Minneapolis? How does this work out? How, how did you get here? How did I end here? Yeah. Good friend of mine, uh, yeah. Dermot Cowley. Okay, that's with the German yeah. name, because he owns O'Donovan's. He owns O'Donovan's, Jake O'Connor's in Excelsior. Oh, cool. Lola's out in Waconia, and yeah. uh, McKinney Row downtown now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know Jake O'Connor's was his. Yeah, named after his two sons, Jake, really? Jake and Connor. Yeah. Yeah, but no, Dermot, Dermot and I worked together for years in uh, New York. He was actually a, yeah. good, a good friend of my brothers before I okay. landed in New York. And he met a girl from here, Yeah. Laura, great friend of mine. And he moved out to Minnesota. Yeah. And uh, took over O'Donovan's downtown. So yeah. I, I was looking to, to leave New York at that time. Yep. And he's uh, like, this is a spot. Yeah, come on out. Yeah. yeah. Was he like, come out and work? Or was he like, come out and open? Did you know you wanted to open up a well, spot well, at well, some well, point? I, I didn't know. Again, I had no plans. <laughs> You're like, this is the next step. Man. Okay. Yeah. That, that's interesting to me because I, so I've done... I've been doing music full time, so I play bass and I'm a music director for different people. Uh, and I think when I was younger, I knew I wanted to play bass, but I thought there was like this silver bullet of like everybody that's where they're at in life, you you know exactly where you want to go and you just have to figure out the steps to get exactly where your vision ends. But the more people I talk to, nobody's like that. Nobody, it seems yeah, like there's... But you know. I think there are two kinds of people. There are yeah. people who have a plan that they, you know, yeah. I go to... <laughs> High school, yeah. I go to college, I get my job, yeah. I get married and I have my kids, and yeah, I'll return. And you know, there's a lot to be said for that too. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a lot of security in that. I mean, I've, I've just kind of ended up where I've ended up. Was that intentional for you? Of I'm just going to do my own thing and see where life takes me, and see what opens up. Well, you know, I don't know. I'd say I'd say my younger life was chaotic in terms. I I, ne I never really knew what I wanted to do. I don't, yeah. I, I, I still really don't. You yeah, know? but did you have like? I'm just thinking of like my ten year old self and your ten year old self couldn't have been more different in the sense of like, man, I've the there was no danger really around me where I was growing up. I was in like I was grew up in Nebraska. Yeah. It was like nothing dangerous. I mean, can be go and hang out with my friends all day. Did you feel like 
when you're talking about options, did you feel like you had options? Like the world was open to you to do whatever you wanted? Or was it limited? Like these are your options, this is what you can do for work? No, when I got, I felt once I made it to New York, yeah, anything was possible. Really? Yeah. I mean, I still, I, there's, there's, there's just a, something That's about being awesome. in America that yeah. every day is kind of an adventure, especially when I lived in New York. Yeah. But then in terms of being back in Ireland, um, opportunities weren't great, especially back in those days for a young Catholic. People used to say being a young Catholic back in Northern Ireland was like Re- being a young black man in America. Same, really? kind, same kind of discrimination. Yeah. You know? Oh, man. You know, there are certain parts of my town that the police didn't go into. You policed yourself. Yeah. Hence all the kneecappings and that kind of stuff. Jeez, okay, so I'm, I'm reading this book. The, there's a book uh, called Between the World and Me, and this guy wrote it talking about growing up black in New York and how the streets weren't safe, yep. school wasn't safe, and if you did bad in school and you didn't fit into their idea of you there, you'll get sent back to the streets, and so nothing was safe. You're always on guard. Uh, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't naturally think of Northern Ireland being the same way of just... It's not safe on the streets. No, but yeah, Maybe but not safe in school. You were always aware of what you were doing, you know. And I read one time in a, somewhere people say people, people in Northern Ireland live in a mild state of anxiety all the time. Um, you know, when I was yeah. a teenager going out, my mom, now, you know, yeah. Patty McDermott's your lawyer. If you ever get picked up, you know, make sure you yeah. ask for Patty McDermott and don't be kicking anything on the ground, cigarette packets that could be a incendiary device this, this is your kind of thinking you know man and it wasn't a joke it was like literally he's your lawyer call him first yeah, it was but, but, serious but this, this, this is just normal normal living you know yeah life life went on as normal with it with it just because, was because, what it was. That, because that's what was normal to you you know and it, and it wasn't terrible yeah. i mean you know yeah it just was people outside of ireland what they see was mainly when something happened and it was sensationalized but life went on as yeah. normal I, mean, that's yeah, I guess so. I mean, you have to. You almost like didn't realize because as a kid, I, you wouldn't know like this is anything different than what anybody else is going through. This is just yeah. it is what it is until yeah. you have something else to uh, compare it to. Yeah, and realize oh, this was actually some kind of craziness. Yeah, and you know you're you're living in a time back in those days where, as I say, the the, the big thing before I left Ireland was all the hunger strikers. You know, Bobby yeah. Sands and British government just letting people starve themselves to death. You know. Okay, so um, what, is, what was the hunger strike about? Because I hear hunger strike all the time, but I'm well, ignorant they're, they're, about that. The, they're basically called, the British criminalized them and they were, they were trying to say that we're, we're political prisoners. Yeah. We wouldn't be here if you guys weren't in Ireland. We're, yeah. not, we're not criminals, but we're, we're fighting for yeah. our, our freedom. And we're the British, here British are going, here. no, you're not. You're, you're just a criminal and we're going to yeah. stick you in jail. So then they went on the dirty protest. A lot, dirty. A, a lot of the prisoners, they, yeah. they refused to shower and they refused to shave. They smeared feces all over the walls of their cells. They call no it, yeah. way. And they became known as the blanket men because the guards took all their clothes off them at that point. Yeah. So all they had was a blanket. They became known as the blanket men. You'll see photographs, big long beards, long hair. How old were you when this is going on? Um, 18, 19. And so it was all pro- and was that and so the blanket men that was linked with the hunger strikes too? Yeah. Man, so when I was looking into this uh, in the pub, I didn't realize it's named after your grandfather. Yeah, well, my, my grandfather was a commander in the, in the IRA way back in the 19, 
early 1920s, 1916 yeah. onwards. Every once in a while, the British Army would come looking for him to, to try and arrest him, and he'd, he'd take off on the run. He, he really? called himself Johnny Morrissey. Then he became known as Morrissey. You know, yeah. So. so it's not a family name. I just assumed, well, it's after no, no, it, it, a family it, it, name. He it, just it, took it on. Yeah, it was an God, alias. So uh, an, an alias to use. Dude, you know? that's so badass. Yeah. Man, my, okay, so my, gram, my grandpa was uh, in the... Uh, in the military here in the states too, and I would always bug him for stories, and he'd always give me like these super vague stories without details. Was your grandpa the same exactly. way? Exactly. Like, I used to ask him as a kid, "Did you ever shoot anybody? Did you ever kill anybody?" Yeah. And he, he'd, he'd never, he'd never, uh, even before he died, when he even had he had dementia, and he, yeah. he was still never talk about it. Really? Yeah, still. It, it, it was that deeply ingrained. He just didn't talk about it. How do you have you had to? All right, this this maybe is too personal. I don't know. Uh, if we're like coming over stateside, you're here. You're used to. I'm coming from like a family, like your grandfather, who didn't. It's just like you don't say anything. That stuff dies with you. You come from this kind of like closed off or playing your cards close to your chest thing. Very have you time. had to? Was there ever time where you were like, you know, maybe I need to like loosen up my cards a little bit. I feel I'm in a safer place. Well, you know. I used to find I come out of my shell the more I drank, you know. Yeah. Which was which is, which is a double a double-edged sword, you know. I used to say if yeah. if I could capture the feeling in my head after five pints of Smithies, and yeah. just and I'd be like that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> just Life find would be the, great. But find that, 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 it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Smithies, your, your go-to. That was that was my go-to back in the day. Yeah. I haven't drank now nearly so, in seven years. So seven years this, this time around. Yeah. That's funny. And that speaking of cliches of like the thought of, I do get people asking you all the time like you don't drink, and you own a I, pub. How does that work? The funniest one I heard was guy goes on. An Irish guy doesn't drink. He says, that, that's like a Chinese guy doesn't eat rice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, that's so good. Yeah. Oh, I get it all the time. You know? uh, I have a buddy. I've, so I have a buddy who quit drinking. And we were, we were just talking about that and his experience. And I said, I was asking him what he doesn't, what he wishes other people would realize. They haven't gone through that of like saying no to it. And he said uh, his biggest thing was the lie. He calls it the lie of missing out. Like there's this image in people's minds that like, oh, you don't drink now, so you're missing out yeah. on like all the fun yeah. or the conversations or whatever. Yeah. Have you have you seen that like, no, I'm not missing out on anything? No, but I don't know if it's more missing out than yeah. um, being able to socialize without it. Do you, you think know? that's on your end or do you think that's on other people? Other people. <laughs> no, you know, because yeah. somebody has three or four drinks. Now all of a sudden they're... Yeah. they're they're smiling. They want yeah. to talk to you. They want to talk to you know. They're confident. Yeah. When you're doing everything sober. Yeah. It's different. When you're doing everything sober, there's a, the world has exponentially a lot more annoying people in it. Yeah. I could see. You know, <laughs> sober sex was the, that you was know, the, the, the the thought of that to a lot of people is oh my god. You know. Tell me this: if you, you have people coming in here drinking, feeling a little bit more confident, do you have any like crazy stories? And like, what's the craziest thing you've happened, seen happen in a bar? Anybody, someone get naked on top of the bar? No, but Here, I, I, tame, I've seen two people having sex at the bar. No. Yeah. At this bar? No, I, no, not this one. No. O'Donovan's downtown years ago. Really? And it was the running of the bull, the running of the bullshitters. Did you ever hear of it? <laughs> no. I, I don't even know if they do it anymore, but it's about 300, it this- 300 people and they, they dress up like the people who run in Pamplona. Yeah, because I know that happens. Yeah, with the and white it, and the, and yeah, the scarves. Yeah. And, yeah. and they'll 
put horns on it. Yeah. But they used to always end up in O'Donovan's at the end of their... Oh, it was actually running it, it with was, bullshitters. It was a, yeah, as a pub crawl. Really? And they'd run from pub to pub. Dude, that's brilliant. And by that time they get to O'Donovan's, they'd be so drunk. Man, what a what a profession to be in. It just a, a, bu- a pub or a bar in general. Oh, you're, you're, you're a psychologist. People are coming in. Yeah. They ask me for a drink, I'll give it to you, unless yeah. you've already had enough. Yeah. I'd like to tell you, you know, you're, you probably should go home to your wife and kids. Yeah. And I don't Where drink, do you find I, the I, balance you know, of it? Yeah. I, don't, I don't drink myself, and, I, and as such, I can empathize with people. I can yeah. see someone sitting there, you know what? You look like you're having a good time, but I can tell that you're freaking miserable. And Oh, man. You can know, you I, tell that? Can you see? Can you? Is it pretty quick that you're able to see, like, this person is... You're, you're covering something yeah, you know, up. I don't know whether because I'm, 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 I'm a Pisces. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sensitive and yeah, empathetic. Yeah. yeah. But I, I can, I can kind of suck the emotion out of people that into my. You, know, do you, you oh, understand yeah. that? Totally. So being, being a bar owner, you're, you know, in a way, you're a legalized drug dealer. You know, <laughs> yeah. like alcohol. I yeah. sell it, but it's one of the most destructive, one of the most destructive drugs out there. Yeah. And there's a lot of money in it, and it's it's le- it's legal. Um, I don't I don't I don't use it myself. Is there a positive to it at all? By all intents and purposes, ninety percent of people do okay with it. Yeah. Ten percent don't. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, you know, most people you'll find can handle their their drink. Yeah. They'll come in, they'll have a few, they'll have a good time. Yeah. And then leave. Yeah. Whatever happens when they get home, it's I don't, yeah. I don't know, but and, and you know, for for an Irish pub. I always tell people too, we're a civilized Irish pub. You know, yeah. we're, we're we're not that stereotype. Well, we're coming and we we'll yeah. get blind drunk and fall down and we'll start fights. Yeah. You know, our, 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 we get a slightly more mature clientele, I would say. Yeah. Weekends, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we've got somebody on the door. Yeah. You know, anybody oh, yeah. anybody shouldn't be coming in here. Well, then you know what? They don't even get in. We don't have to deal with it. Anybody does get through the loops. Yeah. They shouldn't be here. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll take them. We'll, we'll, we'll get yeah. them out of here pretty fast. What's the main difference between an Irish pub? And a bar, per se, because there's a difference, right? Like, what what do you think people come here well, for? Well, the, the, the definition of a pub—it's a pub, public house. Yeah, you know? public house. Like, it's like a community center. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'll give an example. People travel the world. I always tell yeah. them, you know, no matter where you go in this world, what yeah. city you're in, yeah, make your way to the first Irish pub. Yeah. The chances are there'll be a couple of Irish guys there. Yeah. And you'll find out everything you need to know about that town or city. Yeah. You know, we're, 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 uh, you, yeah. you, you've been to Ireland, so you'll know. Yeah. You, you'll go into any pub in Ireland. Yeah. And probably within 10 minutes, you'll be in a conversation yeah. with, with people on either side of you. Yeah. And if you hang out long enough, you'll probably yeah. end up back at their house. Yeah. Man, we were, we landed in Dublin. And the first thing, we, we were in a, we were in a spot. And we, we sat down with this guy. And he was like, where are you going? And I, we told him. He's like, well, if you, if you need anything, or I think he said, if you need anything, here's my, my cell number. Give yeah. me a call while you're yeah. here. He's yeah. like, we've been here for less than an hour. Right. And this guy's like helping us out. It's yeah. true. Yeah. I feel like there's a similarity between German bars and Irish pubs. I don't know what that is, but like the coziness, the uh, the openness, the niceness of people chatting, like it is more of that public house. All right, here's what's fascinating to me. This is, like this podcast is just, one of the greatest things is it's an excuse to sit down with someone. Like, I don't, it would be even weird if I was like, Let's get together. You don't know me. Let's have some tea and let's just chat it up. Like, who the hell is going to reach out and do that nowadays? But this lets me do that. And it's funny because I'm like, okay, when I emailed you, I was like, well, let's let's sit down. Let's talk about St. Patrick's Day. You own a pub. Let's do this thing. What we'll get it out and when and like just promote like the the drinking, the crazy partying this weekend. And it turned into talking about 
maybe keep an eye. Maybe maybe drinking like the darker side of. I mean, I didn't, I didn't even mean this to turn this into a drinking thing. But if someone's on the edge, and we're talking about the lie of missing out, the lie of thinking you're going to miss out on everything, like the party around you. Well, um, if you had to give advice to someone, and, and to be honest, I'll, I'll, when I say a lot of people. Regularly, people come to me. I think I have yeah. a problem. And they know yeah. that I don't drink, and I haven't been drinking for a while. Yeah. And they'll want to talk to me about yeah. it. And I'll always recommend, I don't go myself, for whatever reason, I don't, I don't know if I need to or don't. I would say, you know, number one, I'd recommend, try AA. Yeah. And the big thing behind it is, the thought of, I'm never going to drink again in my life. Oh my God, I'm only mm-hmm. 25. Yeah. A day at a time. You know what? Just don't drink today. Yeah. Then get up tomorrow. Yes. Then just don't drink tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Just, that's all you gotta worry about. Just yeah. Today. That's all you gotta worry about. Just today. And today. That's, so that's so funny. The th- oh man, maybe he was like the seventh guest on the show. Is a good buddy of mine, and we were just talking about. Uh, he was talking about. Um, his side of drinking from just wanting to lose weight, just the empty calories of it. And he wanted to like eat healthier, work out and stop drinking, drinking so much beer. And that was his same thing too. He's like, just think about today. Yeah. And you know, what's today? Everybody's different. Yeah. Everybody's different. What, what works for one person mightn't work for you or mightn't work yeah. for me, but oh, oh, man, yeah. you know, life, life has, life has gotten so much better. You know, I got, I got myself a beautiful girlfriend and I'm a proud dad of two cats now, you know? Yes. Being, oh, being, being, being responsible for the for them, you know, and life's gotten so much better. It's gotten, <laughs> it's, so got, it's gotten different. Yeah, Sarah and I are the same way. We have two cats ourselves. Yeah. Oh, that's funny, man. So on a on a St. Patrick's Day week, bunch of craziness. Man, I may be having. I've been having like a Guinness every day, counting down to St. Patrick's Day, and that. Yeah. But I think this is a cool. I don't know. I think this conversation is just a cool, um, just normal approach to it. I don't know. People are so go so crazy with everything. Their conversations, everything has to be like super judgmental. Yeah. Um, I like that thought of, man. Maybe it'll work for you. Maybe, like maybe today works for you. Maybe tomorrow doesn't. Figure out yeah. what works for you and yeah. what your limits are. You know. Only you know what's going on in your own head. You know. Yeah. And and what 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 do you choose to let other people know is all they can work with. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. So. Uh, man, and that would be interesting. I, I could see if I was you uh, working here, it's just this thought of this guy can knock down 10 Smidix, doesn't feel a thing. This guy puts down two and he's laying on the floor. You're not, you can't compare each other. You got to figure out where your limit is. Yeah. All that to say, this weekend, St. Patrick's Day, what do you guys have? Okay. When does everything start? Like what time of the day? It's on Saturday, right? Saturday, we kick off at 10 a.m. in the morning. Holy crap. Yeah. 10 a.m. right through, and music starts at 3. We've are got you going to be in here for the whole part of it, or are you like, I'm staying You know, away. I'm actually on uh, live on CARE 11 at 9.45 in the morning. Yeah. So my, myself and Roy, one of my partners, yeah. and, and our chefs. I, I don't yeah. know what we're going to be doing, but apparently yeah. we're going to be live on air. Yeah. And yeah. then after that, I'll come straight here, and I'll probably be here all day. Yeah. Man, that's funny. I, do you feel like you're, you've started to become like the, amb- the Irish ambassador, the Irish pub ambassador for Minneapolis? You know, not really. Not, not really. You know, there's a lot of other... Guys, great guys out there. You got Kieran Foliard, you got Dermot Cowley, yeah. you got Peter Killen. Yeah, all, yeah. all, all great friends and, and, and great guys do a yeah. great job. You know, we're, we're, we're kind of like the, the, the small, you know, but we're the only Irish pub in Uptown where yeah. we're not really in competition with anybody else, you know. We're the, yeah, we're, that's we're, not, we're, yeah, that's we're, we're, we're the smallest, you know. Yeah. We're, you know, we all, we all uh, wish each other well. Yeah. And, 
Yeah. Uh, as being, being ambassadors and representatives of, of, of the Irish on St. Patrick's Day is a big deal to us, you know. Yeah. I mean, we I, I feel kind of privileged to be to be throwing a party and, and, and representing the country, you know. Yeah. Such. Yeah. Man, okay, that's, that's what I was curious about, the thought of you uh, in this thing that everybody's going to be walking around, like putting on their fake Irish accents, and even amongst all the craziness, amongst, like, maybe I'm reading too deep into it. I get too deep about crap all the time. Uh but I wonder if this is the mini, the only Ireland some people are going to see in their lifetime. Coming in, going to a St. Patrick's Day. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of it is, yeah. Yeah, it's just funny to me now thinking, like, nowadays, I'm, I'm younger, so I didn't experience any of the times of the troubles and stuff you're talking about. And so, but to me, I've only experienced, like, oh, you're Irish? Who doesn't love the Irish? Like, there's nothing. Everybody, yeah. you're Irish, sweet, come on over, hang out. Yeah, but near, near, nearly everybody, oh, I'm, you know, my grandma. They're all, they're, Everybody they're wants all to get be so Irish. Irish in them. Everybody yeah. wants, and if they don't, they're lying about it. Yeah. Which that's, I'll keep lying that's about. That's what they it. say. There's two kinds of people there's Irish people and people who want to be. Yeah. yeah. So. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah. This is, yeah, this it was, was fun. a blast. Yeah. I know uh, I, I was like, I, I, with people I don't know and I want to hang out with, I was. Like I would love to keep it lighter. So, I, but I'm thank you. Thanks for like being willing to be open and deep. Well, you know, deep maybe, 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 maybe next time we can do a, a, light, a lighter podcast. Yeah, I'm hey, it, you it, are. It, it tends to just end up where it ends up, you know. Oh yeah. Hey guys, this is Rob with just a quick note before you head off into your week. I just wanted to say a huge thank you, a massive thank you to any of you that have rated, commented, or subscribed to this podcast on iTunes. Also, thank you to those of you that have reached out to me and shared your stories of how these interviews or some of these conversations have impacted you, have inspired you. Man, that has been so awesome to hear. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, head over to thecuriouspod.com slash contact, and I'd love to hear your stories or any just questions you may have for me. Hey, while you're over there, if you want to check out show notes for this or any of the other interviews I've done or contact info for this guest or any of the others, head over to thecuriouspod.com for any of that. And also, I'm really pumped about this. We have a map right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. It's pretty cool. You can click on it. You can see where these have done. If you want to go visit them, if you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. <laughs> also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is the Rob Morgan at the Rob Morgan, whatever. You, 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 you know the drill. All right. Enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, <laughs> I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast, or else I'd have to tell you, podcasting makes me thirsty, and nothing quenches a podcast thirst, whether you're listening, uh, interviewing, editing, recording, listening to something unrelated to a podcast, nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness. Hey, Hofi, can I steal you for a second? Do you have anything you want to say about Guinness? I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness because it truly is made of more. That's all. All right. That's it. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I love that crap. All right. Have a great week. See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Thanks for being here. <laughs> I got nothing. Say the most random thing you can think of. Mm -hmm. Yell it. I got nothing. The only word I can think of is formaldehyde. <laughs> Thank you.
Perfect.